From KLCC Studios, this is Oregon on the Record. I'm Michael Dunn. It's a little strange how we as a society value teachers. In one way, we talk a good game and often speak of how no profession is more important than teacher. Yet, at the same time, we ask that these highly educated and trained professionals empty trash, spend their own money on supplies, and break up fights in the lunchroom. Today on Oregon on the Record, we're continuing our special four-part series on the unprecedented challenges in education by focusing on the most important element of educating our kids, the teachers themselves. Part subject matter expert, part babysitter, part cop, and part confidant, the job of teacher is in many ways one of the most difficult jobs on the planet, and unfortunately, one of the more dangerous as well. Today, you'll hear from teachers of multiple grades and multiple disciplines, and they'll share with you their experiences about this tough but rewarding job. From an overall societal perspective, we treat teachers pretty poorly. Even though they obtain advanced degrees, we pay them a lot less than they could make in so many other industries, and we continue to cut education funding while requiring them to educate more and more kids. So much so that it begs the question, why would anyone want to do it? Today on Oregon The Record, you're going to meet four people who raise their hands and say, we do. From a seventh grade language arts teacher, to high school teachers, to a longtime counselor, you'll hear why they got into the profession, why they stay, and why they want and deserve more respect than they sometimes get. Hillary, Hillary Roach and Edward Milkey, they're both teachers at the Sayuslaw School District. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm going to start with you, Hillary. Why did you get into teaching? I love working with young people. Okay. I had many inspiring teachers growing up, and I always loved that environment. Um, it's really inspiring. Students inspire me every day. I encourage them to think independently, okay. and that's uh, one of my passions, too. I love to get to be creative every day. Every day is different. Every classroom is dynamic. It's uh, a fun environment. I never get bored. Sure, sure. And, and, and you're, you're, your students are in seventh grade, so, so talk maybe about that age, kind of that preteen age. What's special about that? We're the middle of the middle school, so <laughs> in seventh grade, so... Uh, students are starting to kind of think for themselves a little bit more. They're okay. starting to become more independent. They really value peer relationships. Um, they're starting to kind of branch out a little bit beyond their family group. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting to see that independence. As great as it is and, and the calling that it is, there are a lot of challenges of being a teacher. Talk about that. Talk about some of the biggest challenges that you have you know, on a daily basis. Hillary, go ahead and start. Teachers wear a lot of different hats, especially mm -hmm. in smaller districts. And we work in these systems that sometimes lack resources, but we still show up every day with <laughs> enthusiasm and um for our subjects, and we try to foster as many positive connections with students as we can. Okay, okay. And Edward, what about you? Yeah, um, the hats we wear. <laughs> um, in my time at Sayusla, I've coached basketball, I've directed plays, uh, mentored um, business students and, and um, coding students in computer <laughs> science, uh, as well as uh, classroom language arts and social studies. Yeah. It's interesting you just talked about coding, and, and that brings me to this idea of technology, where mm -hmm. obviously, I mean, I imagine it's, it's sort of a, 
a double-edged sword or, or two sides of a coin, i.e. technology is obviously incredibly important, but it also can be an amazing distraction or, or maybe even amazing challenge. How do you sort of balance working with kids to explain both the blessings and curses, if you will, of technology, social media, you know, gaming, those sorts of both important tools, but also incredible distractions? Wow, yeah, technology in particular, let's you know, be realists. These kids can teach us mm, yeah, <laughs> quite yeah, a bit yeah. about that. But uh, we need to recognize that the world is, um, is an ever-changing place. Um, and it is a, a fact of life that we need to be able to function in, in, in today's society, and that involves computers and computer sure. science and information technology. Sure. Um, what about for your kids, your, your students, Hillary? Digital citizenship is really important. It's something mm -hmm. we try to emphasize um, in our library media services department, our program. Okay. We've had a lot of really great help from Dr. Jen McKenzie, um, our district-wide librarian here, and the other library assistants. And it's something we try to incorporate in all of our core subjects and electives, too. Okay, okay. Let me reintroduce our guests for, uh, for our audience. We're talking with Hillary Roach, and we're talking with Edward Milkey, and they're both uh, teachers at the Sayuslaw Unified School District. Um, you both were kids. You can remember when you were in, in, in school. Hillary, what are some of the biggest differences between when you were in seventh grade to now and, and the kids that you have to educate? I think one of the biggest things I think of is our society can often be polarized today on many different issues, mm -hmm. and that directly impacts students' interactions with each other in the classroom. So to respond to that, I like looking at situations from multiple perspectives in my classroom. So when we look at an issue, I, I encourage students to reflect on their own backgrounds, values, and beliefs, and how that impacts their viewpoints. And I, I try to tap into a stance of curiosity when possible. So delving into particular points of view by asking questions like, uh, that's really interesting, why do you think that? Hmm. Uh, where do you get your information from? Like, let's delve more into that. Okay. Ned, well, what about you? What big differences between back in the day and now? Yeah, um, I think we have way more resources mm -hmm. um, and um, we, we look at a, a variety of ways to um, appeal to the kids to get it to, to stick in their brains. Okay. Um, so from the days of your lecture notes, tests, sure. um, however effective in its right place, we, we, we have a lot of evidence-based um, training and, and studying, I think. Um, in the old days, teachers went by tradition okay. um, and, uh, and experience. Yeah. Um, we have a, a, a lot of, um, again, resources and things to pull from okay. today. You, you both mentioned it was a great phraseology about ha ha teachers having to wear many hats. And in addition to being educators and teaching kids, especially the, this, in this day and age, there's whole issues around the whole child and especially with regard to their mental health. And, and certainly, you know, as we talked about back in the day, I mean, when, when we were all, uh, you know, kids, Mental health is something you didn't talk about, but it, it is more Get open. over it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just dust off. But, I mean, how do you help kids who are struggling? And, and of course, you guys were educators during one of the greatest challenges in education we probably ever experienced, COVID. You know, talk about helping kids then 
but also even today in terms of not just you know dealing with school and learning their their reading writing writing and arithmetic but being able to help themselves get over anxiety depression yeah um uh counseling and and admin and and kind of the the school working together in programs um and, and again, I'm I'm kind of stuck in this con- contrasting with with me coming of age in the 1980s. Sure, sure. Huge differences, um, and in the wake of the pandemic, uh, it just wasn't addressed before. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's um, super important that we do now. Sure, sure, sure. And sure. Um, it's stumbling out of the gate sometimes, mm-hmm. but at least we're doing it. And, and just the acknowledgement and working um, when there's a, a community tragedy or a, a collective social concern like the pandemic, yeah. um, to talk about it, to address it. Do you think long, long days from now, when you're retired, will you look back at what you had to do during COVID? Do you think you'll say, wow, I'm really proud of everyone around us that we got through it? Um, or are you going to say, boy, that was just something that was almost insurmountable? What do you think? What do you think you're going to tell yourself in 20, 30 years? I'm not ready. Okay. I'm, I'm not ready to, to make that okay. determination. I think we're still really kind of finding our footing. Sure, sure. Um, we still have students that um, have um, some ground to make up. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't a complete like abyss that we jumped into sure. for that period. Sure. That was, uh, we were working our, our, our butts off. Sure, 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 sure. Um, and, and trying to get learning, uh, uh, keep it going. Okay, okay. And there was some, and there's some su- su- success. We've learned all kinds of new um, resources and we've incorporated that going forward um, and getting these kids back up to speed. Okay, okay. What about you, Hillary? What do you think? I agree with Eddie. I think there's, it's kind of a combination, maybe too, too soon to tell, but... Sure. I think looking back, I'm really proud of what uh, a lot of teachers I know did um, to really foster connections and relationships um, between students to really engage them and keep them engaged when we were teaching virtually. Okay. My last question for you both is really this, and it's kind of open-ended, but I mean, you know, is there there a message or a learning that you, you hope parents understand about the profession of teaching today that you that you really want them to sort of internalize and grasp uh i'll start with you eddie it's hard work and we can't get it done in a day it won't be done in a year it Mm -hmm. won't be done in one high school it's uh, it starts from k through 12 and beyond okay and um we have a lot of dedicated professionals um that i'm very proud to be working with Mm-hmm. Um, and learn from, and and we learn every day. So okay. it's it's an ever growing thing. I, I agree with Eddie. I think it's we're in a global community, mm-hmm. um, and we have to be aware of all sorts of opportunities and technologies and jobs that will be available to students in the future. Well, Hillary Roach and Edward Milkey, uh, teachers at the Sayuslaw Unified School District, thank you both so much for coming in and talking. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for having us. My guests now are Bob Orr, a, a counselor, and Aaron McNeil, a high school math teacher, both at Sayusla High School. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming in and talking to us. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. Um, boy, Bob, I know you've been doing this for a long time. Yes. What, are, what are some of the, what are the differences that kids have to sort of go through, deal with today in high school that maybe they didn't deal with 20, 30, 40 years ago? Well, certainly 
uh, we didn't have any social media when okay. I started out in this business. Mm -hmm. And that is huge. Yeah. It's made a tremendous difference. And while there are some, certainly some advantages to social media, I see some significant disadvantages for kids. I think um, it is uh, uh, the things that people say in social media are much more damaging in mm -hmm. some ways than they would say in person. Okay. And so I think kids suffer uh, sometimes sure. from that sort of freedom to speak. Sure. And, and it's often talked about how we, we live in such a polarized nation now. And do you feel that that, 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 that distills down to high school kids as well? Oh, absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. A absolutely. And, and I think that um, kids, some of them at this age, um, uh, are, are certainly thinking for themselves. Some are echoing um, what their parents are saying and feeling. But in either case, the kids are, um, <clears throat> are, are politically polarized, mm -hmm. and, and that extends beyond just politics. Yeah. Aaron, you know, in terms of being a, a high school teacher today, you know, what are some of the, in addition to what Bob just said, some of the biggest challenges that they've got to kind of overcome? I would say um, I've been, this is my 29th year at mm -hmm. Sayusla High School, so I've seen a lot of change in, in the same kind of long time period that I've been doing this in social media and the cell phone. Um, mm. The cell phone, I think, has both social media and the cell phone have created distractions for students, both in school, why they're here with us, but even more so outside of the classroom. Um, Bob kind of alluded to like some of the bullying and things that can happen through social media. Uh, a lot of that does occur outside of, of school hours, but it it does take precedence over doing their, their homework, their sure. schoolwork. Um, it's instant gratification, you know, being able to search YouTube for funny videos and play games and video games and um, text your friends on their phones and stuff like that. They get instant gratification from that. They don't get that from doing their, their homework, their sure. math assignments. And so it becomes, it becomes an issue. Bob, I'm, I'm wondering too, you know, about the mental health of kids and, mm -hmm. and, and certainly these things we're talking about, social media, gaming, technology, you know, imagine there's some benefits, but, but talk about again, you know, how things like cyberbullying kind of really impact the, the mental health of our kids today. I, I would certainly say from my perspective that I, I don't think overall kids um, are as mentally healthy as they were 20, 30, hmm. 40 years ago. Hmm. And some of that is cyberbullying and that sort of thing. Um, I, I also think that the pressures that they feel from from friends, from family, um, challenges at home, those things seem to me to me to be much greater now. So I, I think I think our kids have um, much more to deal with than they used to. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, reintroduce you guys. We're talking with Bob Orr and Aaron McNeil. They're both uh, a counselor and a high school a math teacher, respectively, for Sayuslaw High School. Um, it's kind of a cliche these days where 
when maybe a, a child gets in trouble, um, you know, back in the day, it was that parents would be like, oh, okay, what did, what did my child do? And now it's, well, what did you do, teacher? You know, and, and, and I guess what my question is, is that there's sometimes, especially the profession of teacher, gets assigned perhaps more blame than it used to. Is that your experience? Or do you feel as though parents are, are very sympathetic and supportive of what you're doing? I think there's a mix, but okay. um, both my parents were teachers. Oh, okay. back my dad started teaching in the in the mid '60s, and you know he would tell me stories of hearing um, a student getting slammed up against the wall outside mm. of his classroom, and he'd you know peek his head out in curiosity, and um, the teacher would be saying, "You're never going to act that way again in my mm. classroom," and and the student was begging the teacher not to contact his parents. Mm. Back then, I think, even as when I was a student, it was like, that's the last thing I wanted to do was have my parents hear that I had done something wrong at school because I knew and feared the punishment at home would be much more severe than it was at school. Sure. And I think that's changed. Hmm. And I, um, sometimes you'll hear kids, well, you know, well, my mom and dad will just, they'll sue the school, you know, and just <laughs> sure false threats, but still, um, I do feel in many cases, parents support their children and their opinion or their side of the story before they even sometimes hear the side of the story from the teacher where back when my dad taught kids feared, you yeah. know, they knew that their parents were going to support the teachers regardless. And, um, they feared the the punishment at home would be more severe. Okay. Bob, I know you've done this for a long time, and my yep. question to you is, is sort of, do you feel that the profession of a counselor or a teacher is still valued as it should be amongst <laughs> the outside the outside world? No. Okay. I, <clears throat> unfortunately, I don't, I don't feel that it, it has in a long time, hmm. um, but I think it's even tougher for teachers and others who work in schools today because there's so much more expected of them. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel that the respect in society has increased accordingly. Mm -hmm. um, it's a profession. Yeah. And it's a skilled profession. And I think a lot of people look at us more as take care of, take care of my kids for the day and send them home at the end of the day mm -hmm. and make sure they get educated along the way. But they're dealing with so much more, which means we're dealing with so much more. Sure. And I just wish that there was a greater emphasis in our society on the value of education because there are very few things that I can think of that are more important. Yeah. And, of course, the classic comparison is a sports figure who is paid in the millions – to play a game once a week sure. versus the teacher who is there every single day dealing with all kinds of issues and problems. Um, it, it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. You know, Aaron, talk about that too in, in terms of, you know, the resources. Obviously, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it's no secret that, you know, budgets are very tough for education. It's certainly in the state of Oregon, there's all sorts of challenges. Talk about, you know, kind of how you have to overcome the fact that, you know, your budgets are certainly not unlimited. Right. And my wife's also an elementary teacher. Mm -hmm. And we spend quite a bit of money out of pocket, my mm. wife especially, um, for her her students because of the money's not there or maybe the school doesn't want to provide some of the things that she feels is necessary. You know, that may be just snacks for kids who, you know, come to school without food and mm -hmm. um, extra clothes and things like that. 
Um, so I just kind of want to piggyback on what Bob said is I think the, the value of education in general is not as strong as it used to be. And sometimes we feel like we, especially probably at the elementary level are more, you know, free babysitting. Mm. Um, so that's that's frustrating as a teacher as a profession with a master's degree and sure and sometimes we feel or i feel questioned about my professionalism or what we're doing by someone who hasn't been trained the mm-hmm. way i have sure. it's the same thing but i wouldn't go to my doctor and go well i think you need to do this <laughs> when i don't have the background sure. to make that that sure. judgment sure. so just having some respect for our background our knowledge our mm-hmm. years of experience yeah. um would be would be great and yeah. and we do get a lot of of support from mm-hmm. teachers but it, it can be disappointing when you see that that's not happening. Sure. Is there something, though, that has gotten better in terms of education that you've been able to experience, whatever that might be? I will, I will go with technology. We talked about some of the negatives sure. and cons of technology, um, but I have a smart board in my classroom hmm. that's like a big screen TV that I can write on. Mm-hmm. I can project documents and show movies, videos. Um, when I started, it was a piece of chalk and a chalkboard, and I'd go, <laughs> home, old covered, I'd go home covered in chalk. What about you, Bob? Agreed. Uh, I, I feel from a counselor's perspective that we are much more aware of mental health issues mm. in kids. We've also learned a lot more about the connection between academics and mental health. Well, Bob Orr and Aaron McNeil, uh, Bob's a counselor, and Aaron McNeil is a uh, high school math teacher at Sidious Law High School. Thank you both so much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you. Thank you. That's our show for today and part two of our series on the challenges of school that we're airing this week. As you heard, it's really hard to be a teacher today, perhaps harder than it's ever been. Keeping kids grounded and engaged with so many distractions, including some that can be outright harmful, and constantly battling for the respect of parents and other professionals makes the job of teacher a constant struggle. But luckily for our kids, the job is a calling, and there are so many people who answer that call each and every day. I want to thank my guests for coming on the show and sharing their experiences. Hillary Roach, Edward Milkey, Bob Orr, and Aaron McNeil of the Sayus Law School District. Tomorrow, you'll hear from guidance counselors on how the increasing awareness of mental health creates challenges and opportunities for the professionals who look out for the psychological well-being of our students. This show, along with all episodes of Oregon on the Record, is available at klcc.org. I'm Michael Dunn, and this has been Oregon on the Record from KLCC. Thanks for listening.